God bless you. Thank you. You can be seated. I ask that you get your Bibles out, if you would, and open up to Deuteronomy chapter 34, and then you'll be in Joshua chapter 1, as Brother Wimberly comes here and opens up the Word of God to us. And I pray that uh, you'll be attentive and take notes. I try and take notes every time somebody else is preaching and, um, and go back and be able to study it. Um, and so hopefully it will be a help to you. So Brother Wimberly, would you come and open up the Word of God? Thank you, God bless sir. Well, good evening, everyone. How are you tonight? And uh, like I've always said to me, Sunday evenings are just a whole lot more relaxing. And uh, we can let our hair down or put it up or whatever you want to do and uh, tonight and uh, look forward to what uh, the Lord has for us. Uh, I want to encourage your heart. Uh, the score is three to nothing. The Eagles are up. And uh, I literally checked it before I walked up. So you don't have to think about it for the next 40 minutes, hour, hour and a half. We'll be good. Okay. And uh, so just relax, take a breath and uh, everything will be okay. He, listen, us who love God will be here after six, okay? Uh, Deuteronomy 34 and uh, Joshua 1 uh, tonight. Uh, I do want to thank uh, your pastor, my friend. Uh, he is my friend. And uh, we've drunk a lot of coffee together. Uh, we've had a lot of Panera bread together. Uh, we've... Um, uh, we've uh, fussed at one another, with one another, complained to one another, uh, and we're still friends. Imagine that. And, uh, but it is, it is good. Uh, I, I am thankful. I, I'm, and I'm being serious. I am thankful that he entrusts me uh, to stand in this place uh, for him and entrust me with you to share God's word. And uh, somebody came up, came up today and uh, thank me for being here. I, I just love preaching. I just, it's what I love to do. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy communicating God's word to people. And uh, I, I'm very thankful for the opportunity uh, to do that uh, tonight uh, once again. Joshua, uh, Deuteronomy 34, Joshua 1. Uh, how many of you remember, I know he's been here, so I want to ask you if you remember. How, do you, how many of you remember Dr. Charles Keene? He's been here. Uh, of course, Carrie was, that was Carrie's pastor. I worked for the man, uh, not once, but twice. <laughs> and uh, if you know Dr. King, that's a challenge in itself. And, uh, but uh, he, uh, Dr. King, anytime he wanted to impart wisdom to you, uh, he would say, hey, let's go for a ride. He did all of his mentoring in the car. Uh, we'd go to a visit, we'd go to a hospital, we'd go to, one time me and another staff member rode with him an hour and a half to go to a jail. And when we got to the prison, he said, hey, you two guys stay in the car, I'll be back in a little while. Two hours later, he came back out. But he did that stuff all the time. And, uh, and one of the times that he was, we were riding in the car, uh, he, he said to me, he said, and it's always one-liners. You always give these one-liners, you're going, what are you talking about? And uh, he gave me a one-liner. He said, Gary, he said, everything has shelf life. And he got silent. Everything has shelf life. And so we're riding a little bit longer. And he says, do you know what that means? I said, obviously not. So go ahead and tell me what you're talking about. He says, you ever been to the grocery store? I said, yes, sir. He says, when you go to the grocery store, how many, how many shelves are there in a grocery aisle? Most of the time, four or five or six. 
He says, you know, the products that sell the most, the hot products that are moving off the shelf are always on the middle shelves. Why is that? So people can easily get to them. The things that aren't moving so fast, but people still buy them, they will typically move those to the top shelf. It's still seeable. It's still accessible. It's not outdated yet. People still like it, but they move it up and you got to kind of get there intentionally to grab it. But the things that are going out, the things that they need to get rid of, guess where they put them? On the bottom. Because none of us like going to the bottom shelf. <laughs> Our eyes rarely go to the bottom shelf. He says, you know what, Gary? Everything in life has shelf life. Meaning not everything in your life is always meant to last forever. Now, there's a couple exceptions to that. Obviously, your marriage is still death to us part. Amen? Amen. The Bible still says that. There are some things, your kids, you can't, you can't divorce your kids. They're your kids. They have your DNA. They have your blood. You birth them. Like it or lump it, they're yours. But there are many things in your life that won't be there forever. God never intended them to be there forever. I want you to pick us. We're going to pick back up here in Joshua uh, tonight. And I want to begin reading in uh, Joshua 1. We're going to back up to Deuteronomy uh, in a little bit. But I want to pick up in, in Joshua 1 and, and verse 1. And, and remember this morning, from this morning, we're looking at endings and new beginnings. And we said this morning that we individually and we as a church, as we come to the end of 2019, we've, we've got to consider that, uh, that we must learn to embrace God's gift of endings and new beginnings in our life, in our personal lives, in our church, maybe, uh, certain things. And, and uh, we began to look at the fact that how does that play out? What does that look like? Well, we, we saw it was the Lord that orchestrates endings with an eternal purpose. And, and we saw the fact that the Lord is with us, the, the Lord, the I am, he is with us all the time. And we saw that he's initiating uh, us with his presence. He comes to us. He's wanting to do a work in us. And uh, then we saw that God orchestrates it by speaking. And there's many avenues that God speaks through and does into our lives. And now we're going to come and look at two more things tonight about the idea, the thought of embracing endings and new beginnings. We're going to pick up in Joshua 1 and look at verse 1. Probably verse 1, the most stag one of the most staggering verses in all the Bible. And you say, really? Yes, look. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses's minister saying, now follow with me. Moses has been involved in the life of Israel for 80 years. Think about that. He, God has been working with him, through him, about him, 40 years in the desert. Time before that, preparing and getting ready to lead to the nation of Israel. Moses being considered probably the greatest leader they ever had. Looked upon because of the Pentateuch and the law and, and just an, an amazing man, an amazing figure in the life and the history of Israel. 
And now he's dead. And, and the same Lord that met Moses on the mountain and, and began to help him see and reveal things is now coming to the second in command, Moses' servant, Joshua. And now the Lord is going to speak to Joshua. And notice what he says in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Now, if you're like me, I've probably read that 50 times or more. And it really has never made an impact till I prepared this message. Greatest leader probably ever in the history of Israel. And all God had to say to Joshua about Moses is, hey, buddy, he's dead. Now get moving. He didn't, give, he didn't give Joshua a big eulogy about Moses. He didn't go into this elaborate uh, history lesson of Moses. He didn't go through all the accolades that Moses did. All that God said to Joshua about Moses was, he's dead. Now, what, what does that reveal to us? What does that show us? That brings me to my second point. It is simply this. The Lord's endings in our lives reveal the truth about us and about God. The Lord's endings in our lives reveal the truth about us and about God. Rich Velotis said this about this verse. This might be the most humbling Bible verse there is. If there was ever a passage that communicated our dispensability... It's this verse here. Moses was the greatest leader in the history of Israel. And God said, just keep moving on. Amen. You see, God is the only one of us that is indispensable. Amen. You know what God communicated to Joshua? Moses is dispensable. There's an assignment. Keep moving. There's a new beginning happening. Keep moving. God's plans and purposes, God's mission and message does not hinge on one particular person with notoriety or popularity or giftedness or ability. It's not about anyone being old or young. It's not about the last generation and it's not about the next generation. The Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead, we must keep moving forward. You know, uh, I, I've been in church life over 20 years. I know your pastor grew up in a pastor's home. My wife grew up in a pastor's home, a, a missionary's home. Can, can I just say this to you here tonight as we leave one year and going into another? The, the success of your Christian life and the success of this church, the, the growth of this church, the, the going forwardness of this church is not based on anybody's personality or notoriety or popularity or giftedness or ability. The greatest leader that ever... Now think about this. The greatest leader in the history of Israel didn't take the children of Israel into the promised land. And by the way, can I, I want to clarify, I know you know this already. The promised land is not a picture of heaven. 
All right, even though we have a couple songs that say that, that's not heaven. The, the promised land is the victorious Christian life. And Moses, God's promise given back to Abraham, Moses and all the, the turmoil and the, the, all the, the suffering and all the years he labored in with these people. And yet he is not the one that took them over. What does this reveal to us? And I think we can see this here. Is that God has a unique timing and purpose for everyone. God has a unique timing and purpose for you and for me. Do you know that God wants you? He planned, as we talked about earlier, God planned for you to be living in 2019. Going into 2020. How many, how, how many remember Y2K? Remember that? 2000? The whole world was coming to a stop. Your computers are going to crash. The, the grid was going to stop. And I mean, the world was going to come to an end. And here we are 20 years later. Some of you thought Jesus would be back by now. Some of you, some of you thought, I will never make, I'll never see 2010. And here you are, 2020. God has a unique purpose and plan for your life. For you to be here right now in this time. He has something for you. He has something that he still wants to use you to do for his kingdom and his glory. Amen. Everything about our lives is given by God. Our birth, Jeremiah, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 1 that God knew Jeremiah while he was in the womb. And everything about our lives is given to us by God. It's, it's for God's purpose and in God's timing, our birth, our length of life is God's purpose and God's timing. Our, our, what, he, what he provides for us and where he sends us to accomplish his purpose is all his unique design. And yet we read in James chapter 4 in verse 14, life is like a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Isn't life so short? When you really look at the scope of things, life is so short. And yet God is not in a hurry with your life. God is not rushing to get you to a certain place or to be a certain way or to grow to a certain point. God is slow. God has timing here in the life of Moses. Moses lived 120 years. Joshua, his servant, his protege, his, uh, Moses being the mentor to Joshua at the right time in, in history, at the right moment, with the right preparation, we now find a new beginning taking place in Joshua. A new leader is arising, a, a, a one with different skills and one with different abilities, one with different talents. Uh, he wasn't that well known, even though he was nobody, wasn't as popular as Moses. And yet he's the one that God is putting in place to lead the children into the promised land. A new beginning. See, there's a unique timing and a purpose for our lives. God is 
always operating in His timing and in His purpose in your life. He's on his, he's, God has His own timetable with you. He's not in a hurry. What does it reveal about us? It reveals about us that we have a dispensability about us. We're here just for a short time to accomplish what God desires. But it also reveals to us that only God is indispensable. Meaning that we are completely and totally dependent on God. Look back to Joshua, if you would. He tells him in verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. And he goes on to describe those places. And look down, if you would, at verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with who? Moses, the I am. Remember that this morning? As I am was with Moses, so I will what? Be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And notice the words of God here to Joshua. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. You see, what God was doing to Joshua, what God was reminding Joshua is that, listen, Joshua, I'm the one. I'm the only one that is indispensable here. In other words, I am the one that's going to give you the ability. I am the one that's going to be your help. I am the one that's going to be your strength. I'm the one that's going to lead. I'm the one that's going to guide. I am the one that you need to do this new beginning. You need me. Moses is dead. It's an ending. It's over. And yet we're still moving forward. And what this reveals to us about God is this. Is that God's plan being accomplished is not dependent upon me. It's dependent upon God. Put that in the context of your life tonight. Wherever God wants you to grow in 2020 is not dependent upon you. It's dependent upon God. Now, I, I didn't fully necessarily, even though being a pastor and a preacher of the gospel and reading and studying, I, sometimes we don't always get it either. But I can tell you this, I didn't know where God was going to be taking my life in 2014. Matter of fact, I had made it all the way through up to Thanksgiving week in 2014 when God began to teach me something new. He brought me into a new beginning called cancer. 
I tell people all the time, I've told you this, I did not do cancer well. Don't look at me as a hero. Don't look at me as standing for the faith. Listen, I, I struggled through cancer. I pushed back on God. I got mad at God. I, listen, I, I came up with all the excuses. I, listen, I, God, I was a preacher. I served you. I gave my life. Listen, I said all that stuff to God. And wouldn't you know, it didn't phase God at all. He didn't write me a note and say, you really hurt my feelings. He didn't, by the way, would you know this too? The church I passed at the time, they kept having services on Sunday. While I was sitting at home, on the couch, bald, under covers, not feeling good, God's mission kept going on. God's plan kept going on. God's work kept going on. You know why? If anything, and there, I learned many lessons, but if anything cancer taught me is this. I am dispensable. I'm limited. And so are you. And at any moment, at any time in our life, when we forget our frailty, our humanity, our limitedness, God will reveal that to us. He'll show that to us. And then for the nation of Israel, think about this, for the nation of Israel, he ended Moses' life and brought about a new leader to lead them to the land of promise. If that doesn't show and reveal to us truth about us and about God, I don't know what does. To embrace endings and new beginnings, we have to see that we are just a small part of the Lord's greater plan. Moses was only 120 years of Israel's history. And there he had to have an ending to Moses' life so that there could be a Joshua that could lead them to the next step in God's great plan for Israel. Let me ask you tonight, what does seeing your dispensability reveal to you? What does seeing yourself as being limited say to you? What should be our attitude and spirit knowing God is preparing and bringing others behind us to keep His work going? When I first thought about that, I can tell you this. Sometimes I get kind of offended at it. Because I, sometimes we get a complex that this depends on me. I, I keep this thing going. I keep the family going. I, 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 keep, I keep the church going. I keep my department going. I keep my program. No, 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 no. See, God's always working way ahead of you and I. And someday he's going to bring an ending into your life. And bring a new beginning with new people and new leadership and new influences to take his work further than where it is right now. See, endings and new beginnings are revealers to us. And then lastly, the Lord's new beginnings introduces God to us in a greater way. Than we've ever known him before. The Lord's new beginnings introduces God to us in a greater way 
than we have known him before. Go back, if you would, to verse number 7. Again, he says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the, left, to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now, would you do this for me tonight as, as, we, as we come to the end of this? I want you tonight to put yourself in the place of Joshua. All right? You be Joshua at this moment right now. Your leader is dead. You are staring at a river at flood stage that is in between you and the land that God said he has promised to give you. And behind you is roughly six million people. Three to six million people. The number varies. And God comes to you and says, you're up. It's your turn. Can you imagine how Joshua must have felt? I just want to tell you, it is hard enough to lead 300 people in a church. Try leading 3 million. To go into a land that they know not of. They've never been there. They, they know there's things that, by the way, they know there's giants in the land because 40 years ago, remember the kids song? 12 went in, 10 were, y'all know the song, come on. 10 were bad and, thank you, y'all knew it. 10 spies went in and 10 came back and says, oh, we can't do this. There's giants, they're, they're warriors, they'll kill us. And, and, and Joshua being one of them said, hey, uh, no, 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 we can go in, we can take this, we can do this. And Moses listened to the 10. And they wandered for 40 years. And now they're back at the same place again, 40 years later. And it's the same exact people, same exact circumstances, same exact issues, a raging, flooding river, six million people, and God says, Joshua, you're up. How, does anybody feel any kind of anxiety? Stress? How am I going to do this? What in the world am I going to do? Now, is it no wonder that numerous times God speaks? Now, watch this. God speaks to Joshua and say, be strong. Be of good courage. Don't be dismayed. Joshua, don't fear. Just, just maybe Joshua had some fear. Just maybe Joshua was a little discouraged. Just maybe Joshua was stressed out and full of anxiety. And God is continually 
continually speaking to Joshua, encouraging Joshua. What is God doing? God is introducing himself to Joshua in this new beginning, in this new venture of this new calling of his life. God is introducing himself to Joshua in a way that he's not had to experience God like this before. You see, up to now, who's the one that's been dealing with all the problems? Moses, who's been leading everybody? Moses, who's the one that's been taking care of all the problems? Moses, and now Moses is what? He's dead. God didn't say to Joshua, now Joshua, let's take some time to mourn. He didn't do that. Joshua, let's go pray about it for a while. He didn't do that. He didn't say to Joshua, Joshua, let's, let's, uh, let's go have a, a, a time, a, a Bible study. No, no, no. He just said, hey, Joshua, Moses is dead. Your time to step up. Go and take him. And by the way, don't be afraid. Don't dismay. Don't fear. I will be with you. I am your, you'll find courage. You will find strength. Find help in me. I will be with you in this new beginning. The people in Joshua were facing some difficulties and challenges. The leader of Israel for 40 years is dead. There's never been anyone like him and never will be anyone like him again. And now they're standing in front of this raging, flooding river they have to cross to go into a land of giants and armies that want them dead. And so what did the Lord say to Joshua? Go. Go. And can I say to you tonight, that is still the same assignment to every one of us. Go. Go. Go do the assignment I'm giving you to do. Go into the new beginning that I'm leading you into to do. Yes, we are still facing the same challenges. And by the way, you're still going to face the same challenges in 2019 when you enter 2020. Just because you leave Tuesday and go to Wednesday doesn't change the challenges. It doesn't change the difficulties. It doesn't change the political climate. It doesn't change your family. It doesn't change your children. It doesn't change your job. You're still going to face the same circumstances and challenges, then what is the difference? Here it is. When you and I obey and follow God into the new beginnings that he is leading us into, here's what he said. I will be with you. Be of good courage. Don't dismay. I'll be with you. Yes, Endings can be confusing. Yes, endings can be difficult. Yes, endings can cause chaos. But please know that with endings always come new beginnings. So how do we keep going in the face of these challenges? How do we keep going forward into the new beginnings that God is going to be bringing into our lives? Despite the challenges, despite the circumstances, despite the enemy. Two things I see here in, in these verses from Joshua. The first one, 
Find your encouragement from the Lord's presence. Find your encouragement from the Lord's presence. It was Jesus that said to the disciples as he was leaving, by the way, that was an ending, wasn't it? Jesus was ascending. His time on earth was coming to an end. And now he was ascending and they were launching into a new what? Beginning life without Jesus's physical presence. And here's what he said. Matthew 28 and 20, most of you can quote it. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You see, even though Moses was gone, the Lord wasn't gone. Even though Jesus left physically, he still was not gone. It is because of the Lord's presence that we can begin that we can be strong and courageous no matter what we have to face. Hold your place there if you would and, and turn to Hebrews if you would. Hebrews chapter 13. Back of the New Testament, Hebrews 13. The writer of Hebrews, writing to these scattered, discouraged, and many times persecuted believers said this, let your conversation, Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness, your manner of life, the way you do life, let it be without covetousness, and be content with, what su with, with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So, maybe, maybe you should do a study sometime on the so's of the Bible. So, that we may boldly say, now wait a minute, go back just for a moment. He said, I'll never leave thee or forsake thee. So, as a result, I may boldly say, the Lord is my what church helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me Amen. see when we go forward into these new beginnings that God is leading us into we can do it because he's with us his presence encourage us to say so because I know he's with me so I can say the Lord is my Helper, I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear. And then the second way that we can find encouragement in these new beginnings as we face challenges and circumstances is to find our reassurance from God's word. To find our reassurance from God's word. Most of us can quote verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of my out of thy mouth, but thou shalt do what? Meditate. Meditate therein day and night, and that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. The second encouragement we can find is we can get reassurance from God's word. 
listen, I, I want to say this to you. There, there is no magic formula. There's no magic formula for walking with God. I, I, know, that's, I know you don't want to hear that. I know that's not easy to understand and comprehend. There's nothing any preacher that Pastor Rydell is going to bring in this year that's going to say, by the way, you've never heard this before. This is, if you're listening to me, I'll help you walk with God better. Nobody, nobody can rightly say that. Everything you need is right here. See, this morning I mentioned about you don't need to read the Bible to impress God. Your Bible reading does not get God's attention. It doesn't get you favor with God. What it does do, now watch this, what it does do is it does help me in my Christian walk. It helps me in my walk with God. I need God's Word. You need God's Word. It is, look at what he says in verse 8. If you meditate therein, what? Day and night. There should be a continual, perpetual mind. Setting your mind. Paul said to set your mind, to set our mind on God's Word. On the truth of God's Word. He gives the, the reassurance to Joshua that you can find strength, you can find encouragement in my word as you meditate on it, as you keep it, as you do it, as you follow it, as you own it as your very life. Oh, church, in 2020, won't you do this? Why don't you make it your desire to learn God's Word? To rest in the Word, to know the Word, to trust the Word, to do the Word of God. I think I can speak for pastors as well as for myself. We would never want anyone to live their Christian life off what a preacher or pastor or teacher says. Our desire would be for you to be like the Bereans, who the Bible says in Acts 17, 11, were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. We come to church to hear the Word of God. We come to, we come to gather together as a, as a community, as a body, to hear it preached and taught. Not so we can say we checked a box, but so that we can take it with us, walk out the door, go home, open it, and say, God, reveal yourself to me. God, show me yourself. Be my help today. Let me know you. Let me see you in a way that I've not known you before. You see, God's inexhaustible. Not everything about God does anyone know. We're still learning every day about God. As He reveals Himself, as He teaches us, as He shows us. And through that, we find reassurance daily as we spend time in His Word to launch out into the new beginnings that God has for us. I want you to know, church, the Lord is giving you a gift. 
He's given everyone a gift. The gift of an ending and the gift of a new beginning. I gave you three questions this morning. I want to add two more questions to it tonight. And it's simply this. Number one, what is God bringing and ending in my life? What is God ending in my life this year? It could be a relationship. It could, it could be a job. It, it could be a friendship. Maybe that's just not healthy for you. Maybe it's toxic. Maybe, maybe, God's, maybe God's bringing an ending to an area of service you're in so that you can start a new area of service somewhere else. Maybe God, maybe God may be ending something in your life so that you can start something new at your church. And then the second question is this, what new beginning is God bringing into my life? What new beginning is God bringing into my life? Maybe it's to go back to school. Maybe it's to finally take the courage to get that new job. Maybe it's to finally surrender to serve in that ministry that you've been asked about. Maybe it's going to that person and asking forgiveness. Making things right. Maybe it's rekindling that relationship with that person you've cut off all these years. What new beginning is God bringing into your life? Church, can I say to you this as we finish up? Moses was a great leader. He did amazing things for the nation of Israel and serving God. But God brought an end to his life. So that the children of Israel could launch out into a new beginning and cross over the Jordan into the promised land. When we look back at endings, sometimes we say, I just don't want that to end. It's so good. I mean, it's, it's comfortable. It's, I've known it. This is the only thing I've known for all these years. And I, I, don't, wanna, I don't want that to be over. And we tend to look back and focus on what was, and we never see what God has moving forward. Now, let me ask you this. If you were the children of Israel tonight, would you want to stay in the desert or would you want to go in the promised land? Which one would you choose? Promised land, absolutely. If anybody said the desert... We'll take you to the doctor. We want the promised land. But in order to get there, something had to end. Moses had to die. And God may be bringing, not to be funny, God may bring some things in your life to death so that you can experience so much more of God 
and His promises and His greatness and His goodness and His growth in your life. And the question is, are you willing, are you willing to go through that this year? Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Just a moment, pastor is going to come and close out the services. He sees fit. I just, I just want to ask you a question before he comes. How many of you say, Pastor, I really do, after today, I do, I do sense that God is bringing some, the end of some things in my life and I really do sense his, his spirit moving me into some new beginnings this year. And I am fearful and I, I am kind of worried and I, I am, have some anxiety about it and I have some uncertainty about it. And, and I just wish you'd pray with me about that. You just slip a hand up. How many of you say that would be me today? God bless you. Thank you for being honest. You can put your hands down. Let me just pray with you. And then you just reflect on that and respond as the spirit of God leads you today. Father. Thank you for this time here. Thank you, Lord. Today, this morning, tonight was more, I know, more teaching and, and walking through and, and, and just helping as we close out this last Sunday of 2019 and pre get prepared for Vision Sunday next Sunday and launching into 2020, not only as a church, but also in our, our own spiritual walk with you, our spirit, personal spiritual lives. And Lord, many hands went up to tonight that just said, that they sense, they, they see, and they, they perceive by the Spirit of God that, that they need to go through some endings, some things need to end and be brought to death so that they can be launched out into new beginnings, following you into some new things this year. And Lord, I just pray, would you give them courage? Would you give them strength? Would you let them be assured of your presence as they walk and navigate these decisions. And Lord, may you prove yourself as you proved yourself to Joshua and kept your promise that you will be with them each step of the way. And we'll thank you, Jesus.